You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what a football weekend it was. Did you enjoy that Cowboys game against the Eagles? Uh, I survived it. Like that, that, that's 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 the bar at this point. I mean, goodness gracious, what a game! I mean, up and down, and then I mean, from the opening kickoff to the very last play, uh, it, it it was hard to take a take a breath, you know, and 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 to to watch all this. So, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I I am very elated. I think I, it's right now. I'm still coming out of the shock of everything. Uh, but I, but what a week and, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. What a last, what a month for the Cowboys, really. I mean, it's just holy been fa- cow. Been fantastic. Yes. Uh, so I was having to cover the Steeler and Raider game at the same time the Cowboys and Eagle game was going on. And both of those games came right down to the, you know, the last drive of the fourth quarter. It was a, a thrilling and uh, fun, about five to 10 minutes right there at, at about, a, you know, 7.30 uh, p.m. Eastern time. But, uh, coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about the Cowboys' big win over the Eagles. Uh, but before we do that, just a little uh, PSA for everybody. Uh, we've had some technical problems. Not we. I've had some technical problems over the last 24 hours. So if things don't sound quite as good as usual, I apologize. We are working through them. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and continue with the show. I, uh, I want to go ahead. Nina. I was just going to say, if anything, really, it, it kind of gives you an audio equivalent of what uh, you know the the weather is usually like when we are recording these podcasts. <laughs> I'm usually recording in lovely conditions. It's, it's nice outside. Everything's clear. And you know whether it doesn't really matter if it's June or not. Uh, Marcus is you know perpetually inside a blizzard. That's how I imagine your uh, eerie Pennsylvania is. Yeah. you're just inside some kind of snow globe where it's just constantly winter. I mean, it's not too bad today. It's like 21 degrees out oh with no snow, God. so it's it's a warm day. I, I wore shorts today to the coffee shop, so we were. It, it's a good day out here. But I want to talk about the the game, uh, man. I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, what what a performance from both the offense and defense. At times, things were ugly. At times, they looked great. But today, I want to start with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he's kind of been lost in the shuffle a little bit from Mm. last night's game. A lot of people are talking about Amari Cooper, and rightfully so. Uh, The defense, Dak Prescott. But Ezekiel Elliott yesterday had 40 touches against this Eagles defense. Uh, They ran him into the ground. Uh, He was fantastic. He had nearly 200 total yards. Uh, His presence on the field just gives the Cowboys a, a certain toughness about him. What did you see from Elliott on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, he was the the constant, you know. I mean, he kept the he kept the you know things were swinging wildly on both sides of the ball. I mean, I, I feel like uh, uh, you know the defense didn't even necessarily get off to the the best start early on, and then kind of you know obviously cor- course corrected pretty quickly, and uh, the offense you know seemingly as a whole was was good, and then you know had str- struggles when they got into the red zone that which seemed familiar. We'll talk about later, but it, it felt like the one thing that. 
was consistently good, uh, whether he was catching the ball or or running the ball, was Ezekiel Elliott. And uh, you right. know, he, averaging four yards a carry against a, a team that was determined to, to kind of really slow him down and stop him. Um, and uh, you know, look, it, it, you can say what you will about this uh, Eagles defense, you know, and about the the maybe the lack of talent at some of the spots, you know, because of injury, the back end, that front four, and, and, and really the way the linebackers play, and Bradham specifically, uh, that's a fearsome group to go against. And um, they've, clear, they've clearly played us before, and they know how to play us and, 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 and how to, you know, try to stop the run. So it was tough sledding. Uh, I do love that, uh, you know, they we got back to giving the people a face full of outside zone. And it felt like Zeke had been slipped back into what he was used to. There were just so many different plays. I mean, how many different plays were we watching? And and you know, and you could tell it's outside zone. You know, immediately, or at least maybe I can now because I'm, I'm so observant. I'm so looking for it. That you know, from the coaches' tape, you see it like when that whole the whole offensive line collapses down on the back end, and then that the the running back takes his you know picks the bend. Uh, route and decides to just bend it back as the whole wash of offensive line just crushes down on the uh, on the defensive line. Uh, I, I think that there were times when after going back, and I want to watch the, the coach's tape obviously, but there were times when going back and watching the game I felt like Zeke uh, could have chosen some uh you know he could have been a little bit more patient at times in the red zone, some of his red zone runs. I think he, there were times when he showed maybe made, made a wrong decision on uh, on some of these outside re- zone reads, a couple in particular. But outside of that, he was just so consistently good throughout the game uh, that it 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 really became like kind of like the stabilizing force of uh, mm-hmm. of what you know allowed the Cowboys, despite red zone problems. Uh, allowed the Cowboys to uh, play a, a, what ostensibly you know was a good offensive game. I mean, I, yeah, he had, they had we had three turnovers, which is absolutely inexcusable and terrible, and sh- we should have lost the game because of. But uh, uh, you know, at the same time, it was the offense that also helped us overcome a lot of the uh, you know individual mistakes made by people later on in the game. Now, I should have covered this before we started the podcast, but that's okay. Uh, you know, with the Cowboys now winning the game over the Eagles, they essentially have a three game lead in the division uh, with three games left. For the Cowboys not to win the division, they would have to lose out and the Eagles would have to win out. Uh, I don't see that happening. So, with I think very likely the Cowboys are probably going to wrap up the division this week with either a win or an Eagle loss to the Rams. It, with how much wear and tear Zeke has taken this season, do you think about resting him uh, week 16 and 17? I mean, I'm not even saying, you know, take him completely off the field, but maybe limit his touches because that is a guy that has had a ton of work over the last five games. Yeah, I, I would say you could definitely talk about limiting his snaps. I would 100% be against uh, taking him, off, not playing him. Uh, I, I right. am just not a believer in that. I think it is too difficult week to week in the NFL to uh, uh, to you know take yourself out of a rhythm at times. Um, you know, I'm even one now who's starting to believe that you know the bye week is not always the best thing for teams. You know that that earning that bye week is is sometimes depending on the situation can be more of a hindrance than a help. 
You know, I right? Because you can't practice. That's yeah. that's the biggest thing is you can't practice during that bye week anymore. Yeah, and it's just I think you know you, you blunt a lot of the more momentum that you that you have as a team, especially as a playoff team. That's clearly you know a lot of playoff teams. They end up getting hot at the right time, and that's what the, pushes them through the back end of the season and, and, and into the playoffs and, and makes them good. Uh, you know, a lot of teams that, that are on that kind of role, I mean, it's hard to maintain that when it's interrupted by a week of nothing. You know, I mean, you, it's good to get sure. your players healthy. I'm not suggesting that. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think that also there's something to the idea of missing that, you know, that time and getting out of that rhythm. And I think that that's why uh, I would, you know, get Ezekiel Elliott, make him practice the whole week. uh, And then, yeah, maybe get him in there for a, you know, get, get his Jersey dirty and then get him off the field, you know, but I think that it's still, it's still important for him to go through all that. Like it's a normal week. Uh, Maybe just, you know, take away a majority of the, the wear and tear that you are expected to get on, on a player like that during the week. All right, let's pause and we will take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about Dak Prescott. Let's pause so we can tell you about today's sponsor of the show, which is MyBookie. MyBookie has been in the business for years and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit with an up to 100% cash bonus. Just use promo code Locked On to activate that offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the Cowboys starting quarterback and Dak Prescott. I've kind of held off giving my thoughts about Prescott in this game on Twitter um, because I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. I, I see a lot of people uh, saying it was it was Dak's worst career game, whatever that means. Um, he finished the game, I believe, with 455 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, three turnovers, two interceptions, one fumble. Um, I will allow you to go first in this one, Landon. What did you think of Prescott against the Eagles? I think uh, we, uh, for a lot of people that have been complaining about, you know, not having Tony Romo back for a long time, like this, this was a Tony Romo game, man. <laughs> like, sure. I mean, this was Tony Romo versus. Uh, uh, the 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 Bills. This is Tony Romo versus you know. I mean, I, yeah, Dak. I mean, if you look at the stats, it's 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 a lot prettier than we remember, right? It's easy to kind of look at the well, it's stat. It's always line. that way when you're watching a game, right? You take the emotion out of it, and sometimes yeah. you can find out a player plays a lot better than what you initially thought. Well, yeah, and uh, that's that's funny you mentioned that. Keep that same energy when we have conversations about. Uh, statistics about fourth and one versus going with your gut on fourth and one. Uh, but anyways, like I think that, you know, he, look, he, he threw two interceptions. He lost a fumble. Um, you know, I, I think he, uh, out, but outside of that, you know, like he, he had probably four or five bad throws out of 54 attempts. I agree. Yep. And, you know, and it was sacked three times 
out of 54 attempts, right? He also threw three touchdowns, by the way. You know, and, and so uh, I, I think that uh, look, I, I think that he had uh, he had a game that that won the game. You know what I'm saying? Like he made the plays at times that needed to be made. Now there were more plays available. He could have. Sure. We could have probably won with uh, with uh, you know with with greater uh, you know with with greater distance score differential. But the, the 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 truth of the matter is, is that for as much hand wringing we did in that game, the Cowboys never were losing at any point during that game. Nope. And they 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 were they were winning or tied for the entire game. They possessed the ball for almost forty five minutes. Um, they and, ran ninety four plays or something like that. Yes, and and so I, I would ninety. I think it was like ninety three plays, and uh, yeah, and it was. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that Dak Prescott is obviously a huge part of that. And um and is he perfect? Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But they were also facing a desperate uh 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 you know, division opponent who uh was also was, it, this is the make or make or break play game for them as well. And the, by the way, the Super Bowl champions, the current reigning Super Bowl champions. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, against a, a defensive line that is stout and was playing well, and, and against our offensive line which was beat up, and I think when you consider all the things that were there, first of all, I mean stats aside, all that aside, uh, Dak Prescott is is an absolute warrior. Like the way that game, I mean, the game he went through, that for him to put all that stuff aside and be able to finish the game the way he did was absolutely masterful, uh, and that's the kind of thing that that you when you look at it, like that's why he will be the quarterback for uh, this team a long time because you know you could talk about you could talk about accuracy, which is absolutely one of the most important parts of this of this game, and and whether it can be fixed or not. I tend to think that it can be helped if he can continue to work on getting his footwork down, trusting his footwork, you know, keeping in the rhythm. Uh, but what can't be taught with these guys uh, is willing a victory uh, when there's chaos around you. And I don't know that there's anybody that does it like Dak Prescott right now. And, and he's he's uh, – He's special in that in that sense, and pulling the team together, and putting uh, putting bad plays and bad situations aside, uh, and and just moving forward and continuing the game. Uh, and that's 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 what Dak Prescott does best. So I want to add a little bit of context to this because you know how much I love making sure we have all the context out there, right? Um, I went back and watched the Cowboys and Eagle game actually earlier this week from 2016. Uh, Coincidentally, they won that game 29 to 23 in overtime, and the pass was to Jason Witten. You remember this game? Uh, yeah, I think so. It was uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember that game. You go back and watch that game. The Cowboys' interior of their offensive line was Ronald Leary, Travis Frederick, and Zach Martin, and those guys were just plowing the Eagles' defensive line off the ball the entire game. Uh, Dak had no pressure in his face for most of that game. You had Tyron at the peak of his powers. Um, And then you watch the fourth quarter in the overtime game this week, this year, 
And that offensive line doesn't look anything the same. At one point you had, or actually for most of the second half, it was Xavier Suofilo, Joe Looney, and Connor Williams playing right guard uh, against one of the best fronts in all of football. Tyron Smith, clearly not himself. I think he had ended up having three penalties and something like that. Zach Martin got beat uh, once by Fletcher Cox, even when he was in there. He had a penalty as well. Uh, and this offensive line is falling to pieces, and yet the quarterback is pl- was played significantly better in this game than he played in 2016. So you're seeing the evolution of Dak Prescott. Yes. I, there, there was once this notion that Prescott was a product of everything around him, right? A great running game, a great offensive line, great receivers. You're now seeing Prescott making plays in winning games when everything else is crumbling around him. Uh, and that's what I want to see for my franchise quarterback. Can he elevate the play of the people around him? Uh, I, I think he's absolutely doing that. In the 2016 game, you had Jason Witten still playing at a very high level. In this game, Dak Prescott took a fourth-round rookie tight end in Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin and made uh, two, made those guys really productive players, and they made big plays to extend drives on third down. So, I, listen... We can get upset at Prescott missing Michael Gallup down the field a couple times or taking sacks. You watch quarterbacks around the league. It happens with every single team. Yep. You watch Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady yep. and Ben Roethlisberger. And it happens every single week. And we, we too often harp on the negative plays and don't give quarterbacks enough credit for the plays they do make. All I know is in the fourth quarter, when the Cowboys needed a, a drive to take the lead, he threw a dime to Amari Cooper uh, for a 75-yard touchdown. Yep. Uh, Dak was phenomenal on the last drive of the game in overtime. Uh, just let him right down the field. We can talk about the pass not being great, the touchdown one to Amari Cooper to win the game, but the fact that he got them all the way down the field into position to win that game uh, is truly spectacular. So I, I am not going to say a single bad thing about Dak Prescott this week. Uh, it, division games aren't supposed to be pretty, and especially ones between the, the Eagles and the Cowboys. They're never going to be you know, big, easy wins where you coast to victory. It, they're going to look like this. And for Prescott to be able to to overcome some of his earlier mistakes and win that type of game, uh, hats off to him. So, any final thoughts on Prescott before we move on? Yeah, I don't. I don't even hate that that final throw that the touchdown was on. Obviously, Cooper made the play, but it was cover zero. There was no safety sure. in the back. He was he was trying to throw the ball where only. Where where Russell, Russell Douglas was not going to intercept it, like he, he Russell Douglas had zero chance of intercepting that. You know he had a he had he made a great play to even uh, tip the ball, uh, and so Cooper Cooper you know finished it off. I mean he's the one who actually made the play off of the tip ball. It, you know the very best the very worst thing that I think that could have happened was an incomplete pass. But yeah, I I think that if you look at the whole. You know, our fear aside, when you pull it back, I mean, Dak had, threw the ball to what was it, three, six, nine, almost 10, 11 receivers, the different receivers. Incredible. Uh, you know, it just, just, it, they get, does he need to clean things up? Absolutely. Uh, but well, what quarterback I, doesn't need to yeah, clean some things absolutely. up? Absolutely. Every right. single one. That's right. This is, they have a way, they have a formula here that's, that can win. And um, and I think if they, pl- they they need to tighten it up and clean it up, especially in the red zone, but it, because the problems that they're having in the red zone are execution base, they aren't play calling base, they aren't you know they're getting their butts kicked on the offensive line, and they're having problems you know executing at times. So I, I think they need to clean that part up. 
Uh, and then I think the then suddenly I think the play calling will get better, and then I think the offense will be better as a whole. But right now, it, it, there's progression. You have to be happy with the fact that there's progression. The last thing I want to touch on with the offense is Amari Cooper. Um, I spend a lot of time Who? watching wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I spend a lot of time watching wide receivers, um, and I have to say, I think Cooper's performance on Sunday against the Eagles was the single best game I've seen from a receiver in a really, really long time. Uh, Cooper finished the game with 10 catches for 217 yards and three touchdowns. On 13 targets. Uh, that's only been done having over 200 yards on less than uh, thir- 13 or fewer targets, I think three times in the last 20 years. To be that efficient and that dominant is so rare. Uh, you could, you, Like we said before the game, you could throw the ball to Cooper 15 times in this game and he's going to win every single time because he's that good of a route runner. Philadelphia had no answer for him. And anytime the Cowboys needed a big play, they looked for 19 and he answered. So what did you see from Cooper on Sunday? I mean, just just a master class. You know, outside of the one pass that hit him right in the chest plate, the breastbone, it seems like, sure, uh, yeah. that bounced off. Uh, you know, I think he was absolutely unstoppable. You know, I mean, he, whether it was stretching out to make a catch uh, on a on a ball that was either going to go out of bounds or he was going to catch it. Um, I, you know, whether it was... <laughs> I mean, just separating and suddenly just pulling away. I mean, his speed is just crazy. Like, it, that's the it thing really about is. it. It's, it's nuts to watch a guy like that big accelerate, you know, and, 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 and pull away. And uh, so whenever he does... Uh, it's it was crazy. The seventy five yarder was just nuts, and then just you know he's just making third down catch after third down catch, and uh, you know, uh, you know we, we, there's really not really much to say. Even the interception play, like he had beaten his man so badly, uh, and and what a great play by Razul Douglas on that. By yeah, the way, great. I mean it that. Really I mean seriously, he peeled off of a, that tight end route uh, and then drifted back like ten yards pat, uh, deeper than his you know than than the man he was in the front side of his zone. Uh, and then just made a great play. Uh, Dak definitely has to get the ball a little bit up and out, uh, further in, but but still, I mean, Douglas made a fantastic play there. But uh, I, you know, just he was getting open at will. It didn't really matter who was, uh, uh, you know, who was who was on him, and whether it was <laughs> whether it was Sidney Jones or uh, one of the other guys, Razul Douglas himself. I, I just felt like Cooper was just doing what he needed at will, and. Um, uh, it was, it was, you know, what uh, the footwork, speed, it was, it was everything, and, and be out physically, and guys, you know, catching the ball, finding the sticks, uh, he did a little bit of everything, and it was, it was just fun to watch. So, Des Bryant has always been my favorite player, and I, he's the only player I've I've owned a jersey of in the last <clears throat> twenty years. But we haven't seen a level of wide receiver play like this in a long, long time. Even at Des at the peak of his powers wasn't able to do some of the things that Amari Cooper is doing. I, I, I honestly feel like there was I, – I'll have to go back and chart his routes, but was there ever a play in which the Eagles really covered him well? I mean, he I, was open on almost every single route. Well, the issue was that, I mean, he just ran – he must have run like – Probably fifteen slant routes. I mean, twenty. Oh yeah, and they can't cover routes. him. I mean, he was running slant routes at almost all game. It felt like so. I think eventually they were just 
<laughs> like you know, just be standing inside of him and getting and running the route, you know, with him at times. So, and even on the the play where, um, you know, the the, the touchdown, the game winning play, he if you go and watch, like he runs like a fake fade, like he's doing everything he can to <laughs> try to get. Douglas to bite on it not being a slant route, and Douglas just like, no, nah, dude, you're running a slant, you're running a well, slant route, but, and it was uh, it was funny. I mean, I, I think they even he, if you watch, it's all that they they did interviewed him after the game, and he talked about it. He's like, man, they knew I was running a slant route, and like <laughs> he still found a way to flatten it out and get in front of his man, uh, and and in you know, uh, uh, Dak trusted his his guy to make a play, and guess what. So not surprisingly, his man, his man made the play. Cooper made a fantastic play off the deflection and uh, did what he had to, what he had been doing all game, which was dominating Eagles defensive backs. One cl- last point: there's a really funny play in this game. I think it's it's a third and twelve in the second half, and Sidney Jones is covering Amari Cooper, and he is sitting on the slant route. He's daring mm-hmm. Cooper to run something to the outside uh, and have the Cowboys throw the ball to the sideline. Uh, Cooper runs a slant, catches it r- right on Sidney Jones, and he's just so much bigger than Sidney Jones. Sidney yep. Jones just kind of falls right off of him, and Cooper's able to get the first down. It's like, my goodness, that's not fair. When you can run a route when the defenders know exactly what's coming and still get 12 yards, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, finally, let's let's talk about the defense. I think. Uh, the defense may finally let's they, talk they about need... the defense. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like, so crazy I... that that's like, like I mean, do you remember like in the previous seasons when I mean, oh, defense? I, I know, oh, God, the defense, and <laughs> now we've got I... we've got this thing that we just take for granted now that is just unbelievable to watch. I, you know, I, I swear we get one more game of this quality and I'm going to start bringing up doomsday. That's oh, what I'm, that's, that's where I'm going. I'm not even joking. Like we get one more game of this level of play from our defense. I'm bringing up the freaking doomsday defense. So, we're, we're that's a little calling. bit. That's a little bit before my time. I'll have to start comparing them to that 2003 cowboy defense, right? <laughs> the, the real doomsday defense. Hmm. That's a joke. This is, I, this right, is I, better. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, how they play. I think the score was nine to six at one point in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the touchdowns that the Cowboys allowed was uh, one where the, I press got through the interception to I, I can't even remember was it Rasul Douglas? No, not Rasul Douglas. The other guy uh, was it Corey Graham. Graham yeah, it, yeah, and he took it to the one yard line, and then they scored the next play. Mm-hmm. So really, this team gave up sixteen points on defense. Uh, they were lights out for the most most of the day. They had some, a couple pretty bad calls. The Randy Gregory sack, uh, that was a bogus call. Uh, the Dallas Goddard one, we can talk about that one. But uh, overall, I, I thought this defense played really well. You're starting to see that combination of Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and Tyrone Crawford is really starting to become a problem for defenses. I didn't think it was the best game from Leighton Van Rush and Jalen Smith, and that just kind of shows you what kind of potential this Dallas defense has where they can have their linebackers have an off game or just an okay game, and they can still be fantastic. So uh, just kind of summarize what you saw from Dallas's defense on Sunday. Not a lot because they only played like 29 <laughs> snaps. So it's crazy. Uh, I mean, that's the crazy thing about it is that they barely were on the field. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, I think you you talk about uh, 
uh, Randy Gregory, I think, had one his best game. I mean, he was whooping Jason Peters' ass all game. Like it was just. And we, like, saw, we said that was, coming in. We said that he knew that he knows he can beat Jason Peters. I, I've, been ta- I've been talking about this forever. Like since since Randy Gregory has come in the league, he's been kicking uh, Peters' butt up and down the field. Like he just right. he has his number. It's that explosion, the bendy. He just knows what he's doing against Jason Peters, and that didn't stop. Like he was he was a problem all game long. You know, you want that's fine. You want to make give a makeup call to Randy Gregory uh, because it's easy to you know blame Randy. Gregory. Gregory for for getting penalties. Bogus. It was fine. Uh, yeah, it was that's bogus. fine. You guys get the you get your makeup calls in. Randy Gregory's still going to start keep kicking your left tackle's butt all 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 game long, and he did. And and it caused whether it causing quick throws, causing bad throws. Uh, you know, I mean, everyone wants to talk about you know uh, how badly Dak played. I mean. Uh, <laughs> And, and, and they also talk about like how the the numbers are deceiving, you know, for for how Dak played. Let's talk about let's talk about yep. how Carson Wentz played. All right, sure. because twenty two of thirty two dialogue for three touchdowns. Th- that doesn't seem like what I saw on the field very much. You know, like that seems like Carson Wentz had a bad game, like a much worse game than than in my mind than a Dak Prescott. And, and I think that a lot of it had to do with the fact that he had nowhere to go and he started getting gun shy. I mean, you know, look, he was I mean, he was making incompletions on on screen passes at times, you know, and, 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 and there wasn't quite the same uproar over Wentz's performance as there was as Dak Prescott's. And, and you know, sure. can, I think obviously part of that was because Dallas Dallas defense was getting after him quite efficiently whether it was bringing Jalen Smith in to to on the on the blitzes I mean Lawrence and and Crawford and Gregory and Collins all were getting pressure and hitting and and getting their hands all over Carson Wentz uh and and it was affecting his ability to to accurately get the ball out and get the ball downfield uh you know there were times when the the defense when the the run game seemed to work because they they were uh, getting hats on hats. Cowboys missed a couple tackles behind the line of scrimmage at times early on, which which gave uh, the Eagles a little bit of, of life early in the game. But then that got snuffed out pretty quickly. And for most of the game, Philadelphia couldn't do a, a thing against the Cowboys defense. Um, and and that that single fact, the fact that the Cowboys basically shut the Eagles down for let's say three quarters plus uh, was really what allowed the offense to screw up. I mean, you know, have three turnovers and it not absolutely kill them. So uh, that's the difference there. No, that that was just summing up. That's it. The last guy that I want to mention is Anthony Brown. Uh, In this game, he was tasked with covering Golden Tate. Golden Tate had one reception for seven yards, and I think he had two pass deflections that got them off the field on third down. Yes. Anthony Brown has become arguably the best slot corner in the NFL, and that has really helped the Cowboys' <laughs> defense. So if I'm giving a game ball to anybody on defense, it's Anthony Brown for just the way that he's played this season. Um, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. 